Hey, everybody. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and this is season two of the Paychecks Business Series podcast. I'm a certified public accountant, regular business columnist for a bunch of publications you may know, like The Guardian and The Hill, The Philadelphia Inquirer, Forbes, and Entrepreneur. But most importantly, I'm a small business owner of a financial and technology management services company, and I've teamed up with Paychecks the leading provider of human resources, payroll, benefits, and insurance services to bring you the real-life stories and advice from real-life business owners and experts. Last season, we talked about the challenges associated with COVID-19, and this season, we're focusing on moving forward, innovating, and navigating the road to recovery. My special guest today is Andrew Yang. Yang is an American entrepreneur and former presidential candidate. By the way, Andrew, I got this off of Wikipedia, so you got to let me know if it's right. <laughs> Originally, a corporate lawyer, Yang began working in startups and early stage growth companies as a founder or executive from 2000 to 2009. In 2011, he founded Venture for America, a nonprofit organization focused on creating jobs in cities struggling to recover from the Great Recession. He then ran as a candidate in the 2020 Democratic presidential primaries. Several news outlets called Yang the most surprising candidate of the election cycle, going from relative obscurity, although I knew about you, to a national contender who outlasted several well-known candidates. Andrew, I have a ton of questions to ask you unrelated to our topic of the day. The fact that you're godfather of Theodore Roosevelt's great-granddaughter, uh, lots of questions about that, um, and also your thoughts on basic income, but we're not going to talk about that today. Um, you've got some news to share about the Biden campaign. I know that you're working closely uh, with the Biden campaign. Uh, tell me, today is September 23rd that we're recording this. Tell me um, what Biden campaign is or what Joe Biden plans to do regarding small businesses. Well, thanks for the intro, Gene. And this subject is near and dear to my heart because I ran a small business. Well, first, I started an unsuccessful small business. And then I worked at another business that ran out of cash. Uh, and then I became the head of a small business that um, grew to become pretty significant. Uh, but that, that's my DNA, really, right. is that the people who are listening to this, uh, people like you who are running businesses every day, that, that to me is the stuff of our economy, of our communities. I like in my time running my company to being like the head of a very large household. And anyone who's running a business can relate to that, where you feel like uh, your employees rely upon you, your customers uh, in many cases rely upon you. You have this whole incredible spider web of relationships uh, that your business sits in the center of. Uh, and the fact that so many businesses right now are suffering, it really devastates me because I know personally so many entrepreneurs who spent years, decades, in some cases their entire career building a business and then have, having that business now just get uh, uh, completely slammed and in some cases you know they're, they're forced to shut shut the doors they're not sure if they'll be able to reopen uh, this this to me is one of the most heartbreaking aspects of the time that we're in uh, because I know how much work goes into small businesses uh, and on this one it, like small business owners are very resourceful very uh, scrappy uh, but there are some circumstances where where you really need help uh, and that's where Joe and Kamala come in in terms of trying to invest real resources and hopefully administer them in a better way to help small business owners survive this pandemic. 
Right. So can you be more specific on on the resources? I saw that they're, they're forming like a council of people, which you're you're part of. Um, so maybe you can talk a little bit about that. And and again, what type of resources we might see under a Biden presidency? Yeah, I'm very proud to be part of this new small business council uh, for Joe and Kamala. And there are other people on it are people that I know and admire, and like <laughs> folks like uh, Ben of Ben and Jerry's and Daniel Lubetsky of Kind Snacks and uh, Jenny of Jenny's Ice Cream. There's a real ice cream theme. Yeah, I can tell. I'm not sure why, 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 why that is. But Joe, Joe's approach to small businesses is to try and get relief into uh, businesses' hands that PPP missed. Uh, and I don't know what the experience has been like for the folks who listen to this podcast in applying for PPP. Uh, but the, the, the numbers show that if you're a really small business, uh, let's say sub 50 employees, um, it was a real struggle uh, to access those funds that a, a lot of the food trucks and small vendors maybe didn't even have the kind of commercial banking relationship that in many cases was necessary to access PPP. So the, the goal is to learn from what has not worked uh, from earlier in the crisis to try to get money down into the hands of the folks that PPP missed the first time. Does Andrew does does you know uh, candidate Biden or you know support another round of paycheck protection money? Yeah, they, they've already authorized uh, tens of billions of dollars to go into uh, Main Street businesses in a way that's going that's going to help us recover. Um, because anyone can see very clearly that there will be no recovery on the jobs front uh, or on the larger national front without small businesses being able to reopen their doors. What other specifics, Andrew, I mean, is would the Biden candidacy or Biden presidency bring um, to small businesses? Has he discussed any specific programs uh, grants or awards or funding resources that that he would bring to the table. Yeah, the 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 plans are all laid out on the campaign uh, website, and the number that they're looking to channel to small businesses and Main Street uh, proprietors is 150 billion dollars, which would go a very very long way. Uh, and they're not capping it there either. That that's sort of like their first big commitment, but they, they have detailed plans on how to try to rejuvenate Main Street businesses uh, at JoeBiden.com. Hey, so Andrew, you know, when I speak to what my firm, I'm a CPA, so my firm has about 600 clients and um, I speak to business owners all around the country. And um, as we get closer to election time, obviously they're, they're comparing the merits and the deficiencies of both, both Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Um, but many of my clients and many small business owners say to me that they they perceive Trump as being more of a of a small business or an overall business friendlier president than what you know a, a Joe Biden would be as president. Do you do you agree or disagree, and and why? Uh, well, I I disagree, but I understand in the sense that I have many friends who run companies big and small. Uh, and there's been an unfortunate perception that uh, Democrats are not as good on small business issues 
uh, as Republicans. And there are very, very legitimate reasons why people see and feel that. Uh, and I personally have an issue with some of the Democratic uh, talking points that seem to lump all businesses together. Yeah. Uh, where, where, where what I wanted to, to do is draw distinctions, because I know how hard it is to run a small business. I know that small businesses are often breaking even, even in good times, uh, and that it's like a, a constant struggle for many. I mean, if you're a CPA, you see it too. Like you see all the money that goes in and out of these, these companies. Uh, and we have to draw a distinction between these firms that are trying to make payroll uh, and these mega firms that are um, generating billions in, in dollars in revenue uh, and then not, and not, in many cases, not paying meaningful taxes on it, with Amazon being the most prominent example, uh, where they're now worth more than a trillion dollars. And you have to ask yourself, how many small businesses have gone out of business because of Amazon? I mean, the, the number is really significant. Uh, if you think about all of like the uh, the mom and pop retailers that may have existed a generation ago uh, that now uh, don't have any chance in an Amazon-dominated marketplace. Uh, so to me, Democrats need to become more uh, mindful of distinguishing between small businesses that comprise the majority of the jobs in many, many communities uh, and these major companies that are uh, running circles around our current tax code uh, in many cases. Uh, and if we can do a better job conveying that distinction, then hopefully small business owners like your clients uh, will believe that we have their backs. I certainly feel incredibly strongly about small business uh, owners uh, and looking out for them. And the argument I would make to them is that, is that Democrats have historically been better for the middle class, have been uh, better at building an economy that actually is heading in the right direction for uh, for more Americans, and that's good for business. What what we're in right now is, to me, a stark example of government failure at the highest levels. Where if you're a small business owner and your business is down because of the pandemic, you have to ask yourself, did we do the best we could have done where the pandemic was concerned? Of course not. Like, you know, do we think that Donald Trump is going to turn turn it around on the pandemic? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> so uh, you have to enlarge the scope a little bit in my right. mind, um, but but Democrats uh, need to do a better job as well of, of conveying uh, that we want to help small businesses grow and succeed. You know, I, I you must feel the same way because you you've run businesses before, and I um I struggle with the 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 mix or the balance between um, the big businesses, the good the good and the bad of big companies. Um, versus small companies. I mean, um, you use the example of Amazon, and you're absolutely right. I mean, they've been responsible for the demise of a lot of uh, mom and pops. But then again, um, things change. And for for every mom and pop that you don't see, like on Main Street, you know, there there are five or ten others and the others of them that are Amazon merchants selling products online from their homes or their apartments. Um, I know Amazon has said they have more than a million small businesses that sell on their sites, people that never would have been in business before. And then I look at my own clients, you know, like in my business, and I have to admit, you know, Andrew, like some of my, 
some of my larger clients are the ones that really kind of pay my bills, you know, I mean, the larger companies themselves provide, you know, they, they have a whole infrastructure of smaller businesses that rely on them, you know, the landscapers and the people that clean offices and the accountants like me. And then there are the employees of the larger companies that go to, you know, they go to work, then they, they spend money at the local restaurants and the local dress shops and, you know, and whatever, um, all money made from those larger corporations. So there is kind of a balance and I don't know what your, your point of view of that is. What, what do you think? Well, I, I'm for anything that enhances prosperity. And certainly when I was uh, running a small company, um, we love doing business with big businesses all the time because sometimes you got a lot of money out of it. You know, sometimes right. the contracts were good. That's right. I will say big companies, I, say, I will say big companies tended to be jerks about things like timing of payment. <laughs> like, awesome. like, they never pay you on time. <laughs> it's like because they're big it's like well we we know it's good for it so we're gonna just drag it out for as long as humanly possible (laughs) um so i'm all i'm all for things that that uh help um middle class families uh prosper and have access to opportunities and the rest of it um i will say that small businesses account for the vast majority of job growth of new jobs big companies tend to have a relatively static number of opportunities like they'll lay some people off they'll hire some people their, their very ranks will shift like some big companies will will um go up and down uh but the action in terms of job growth really is uh at the small business level uh and so to, to me this is not frankly just like it should not just be a politician talking point where it's like oh small business is the backbone of our community is like <laughs> No, it, it's it's real. Like the yeah. small business, uh, like like job, um, uh, job proportion is over fifty percent in most of the country. So, so that's number one, uh, where there is something special about small businesses, uh, and there's also something special about the fact that um, that each small business, in my mind, represents uh, a, an incredible uh, amount of hard work. And often like the vision or dream or ambition of a family or like a, a group of people that have come together to start that small business in a way that the big companies do not at this uh, at, at this point. Like I, I obviously, you know, respect a ton. Like if you show up to like the big company and you do a good job, that that's great. But that there is to me something essential about American entrepreneurship uh, where people feel like they can start uh you know like a a local business that's going to enhance the well-being of their neighbors and people in their community and then they'll um hopefully provide a, a good living for for them and their family there there's something essential about that that if you cut that uh possibility off then uh, i think that uh will 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 be in a a terrible terrible situation not just in terms of jobs and economically but even culturally it's one reason why, to me, entrepreneurship is so uh, important. And one of the reasons why I spent six and a half years, seven years running a nonprofit that I started to support entrepreneurship was because entrepreneurship is declining in yeah. the United States. And it has been for years, uh, generations even. I mean, if you look at the business formation rates among young people, it's, it's, they're at a multi-decade low pre-pandemic. And... Uh, and then the pandemic is going to make it even nastier and more difficult for anyone to start a business, much less a young person. So that 
trend is something that we should be trying to reverse by uh, by any means necessary uh, in terms of certainly policy and uh, resources like the um, the funds that uh, Joe's proposing. Uh, but bigger picture, I think we need to reinvest uh, uh, in a different form of uh, training for risk taking, really, because right now our kids and I'm a parent. Are you a parent, Gene? I am. You have the feel of a parent to me. Sure, yeah, course. like you, you seem like such a steady, reliable sort, uh, and <laughs> that that it would be like, a, like he feels like a dad. He feels like a dad. <laughs> uh, but like our kids are not being cultivated in uh, an era where they feel like it's okay to take risks, uh, and uh, that's going to have disastrous consequences for us over time. I agree. I agree. Uh, all of those issues are correct. Now, um, listen, I, I, I want to make sure that we keep on time here because um, your PR people are going to yell at me if I go over. Um, and I had a, a couple other big topics. Uh, my, uh, my people. <laughs> uh, your, your people. Uh, you know, um, I, and I have a couple other big topics to talk to you about, but I got to choose one. I was going to either talk to you about taxes or about labor. I'm going to avoid taxes, uh, even though it's near and dear to my heart, mainly because I don't want to put our audience to sleep. Um, but I want to talk about labor. Okay. I mean, again, uh, you know, you said just earlier that, you know, the, the Democratic Party has traditionally represented the middle class, um, which is good. And, and the Democratic Party believes in, you know, a fair and equitable system between labor and business, uh, which is also good. Um, you know, I know that Biden uh, supports a, a much higher national minimum wage uh, than than President Trump. He supports uh, an increase in the overtime uh, limits as well. He uh, has been a supporter of potentially some paid time off uh, instead of unpaid time off under the Family Medical Leave Act. I know he supports changes in the independent contractor classifications. What what's been going on in California that I know that you're aware of that uh, is you know has been spreading to other states. Um, I mean, generally he's he's you know he's viewed upon by business owners as as more labor focused and you know favoring labor which is you know more anti-business um you know is that true and do you think that business owners and you have a right to be concerned about that well i i think business owners are parents neighbors community members and the, and the rest of it as well um and no one wants to create an environment where a small business owner is not going to be able to thrive and grow. Uh, that is job one. And to the extent that our economy and our rules have gotten out of whack, um, we need to try and solve these problems together with the examples you cited being, to me, very, very prominent issues that we need to tackle. Like I've run a small business and I know that my incentives were to designate everyone as a contractor because if you were a full-time employee, I had to pay for your health care, which is That's incredibly right. expensive. That's right. And not just incredibly expensive, but it's also a ton of work where like I had to bang my head against a wall figuring out health insurance plans. And then I had to broach these subjects to my employees, some of which were very sensitive and it involved things like family planning and the rest of it. Uh, and I was like, this is not my industry. Like it should not be my job to figure out, <laughs> you know, like the ins and outs of different health plan options. Right. right. So, so my incentives were very, very powerful to, uh, to, to name everyone a contractor and every business owner is facing those same incentives. Uh, so instead of uh, presenting it as like, Oh, like, uh, you know, 
these politicians are going to change the rules in a way that like are bad for business and you know this these people would be like uh like a little bit more pro business i would argue that it's just a, a total tangled mess and it's in everyone's interest including small business owner interest to say look like we need to clean up this freaking uh out of date anachronistic system uh and what what i said to folks on the trail was as a small business owner if you came to me and said i'm going to get healthcare off of your backs and make it so that this powerful incentive you have uh to make everyone not a full-time employee goes away like i would have jumped for joy as a business owner uh and and that to me is the direction we have to try and lead we have to try and lead it to a point where we're treating workers fairly um and it's not all on the backs of uh small business owners who in my mind in many many situations like are struggling to get by themselves you know it's like you can't act like every small business owner like just made a money and be like oh they can just make these things <laughs> happen because i know a lot of small business owners like have their own uh uh loads to bear and sure. you know like a lot of them are just scraping by so so th this to me is like an everyone problem gene it's like like i understand like the incentives as they currently exist and they're bad for everybody they're bad for the business owners they're bad for society uh they're bad for workers you know i have to ask you before we cut off you you did bring up healthcare and i did follow your campaign and i um as a you know listen i i i lean to the right on certain issues but my wife is from england and um obviously they have a national healthcare system and you know th their healthcare system has all sorts of challenges like any national healthcare system does but Andrew, I always thought I watch my clients. You just mentioned when you're running a business, you know, you spend all this time that you have to become an expert in healthcare, and it's an enormous cost to a business. And I see my clients struggling with it as well. And I think to myself, you know, if we if there was a national healthcare system where you know business paid a tax, which would likely be similar to what we're paying in premiums anyway, and employees were taxed, it cannot be any more, Gene. To your it point, can't be any like, more. it cannot be any more than what we're paying now. Yeah, and and I look at it and I think, boy, the the the, the decrease in administration that would take, the decrease in headaches, the more I could focus on. Am I? Uh, what what is your perspective on on healthcare when it pertains to small business? And this is one reason why I love small business owners so much, um, uh, is that we have a very, very efficient uh, problem-solving approach, uh, like DNA, because we have to. It's like you really can't have that much fat <laughs> in your business if right. you're a small business, right? Because it's going to get you, like it's going to get you quick. So, so you're always looking to uh, find efficient solutions, and then when you hit healthcare. Like you, you, you like want to pull all your hair out and you're like, what is going on? Like, why is this so expensive? <laughs> why is this so inefficient? Like, we, like we could, and the reason is that, uh, that we, we're still dealing with this hodgepodge mess of a system from World War II era when you weren't allowed to pay people more. So people stacked health insurance onto their job right. as uh, a means to enlist workers. And then now we have health insurance bolted onto your job, even though that never made any sense. Um, but uh, we haven't been able to disentangle it. Uh, and the business model of these health insurance companies is to raise prices every year. I, you know, I don't know about you, Gene, like you probably can't jack your prices up every year because eventually you'll be charging like something, you know, that the market won't bear. But for health insurance, like they, they just do it every freaking year. 
and the market has already gotten to a point where we're paying twice as much as other countries. Uh, it's like hundreds, even thousands of dollars ahead per month for, for small business owners. So there, there's no way we could be paying any more. It, it's a situation where bureaucracy is choking us. Uh, and that's happening at many, many levels of American life. Healthcare is the most prominent, but it's happening in other parts too. And as a country, we have become, become unable to, to cut the bureaucracy. Uh, and I know it drives small business owners um, crazy because it drives me crazy. It drove me crazy. Uh, and we have to be part of the vanguard that fixes it. We have to be the ones that talk sense because we understand these issues in a way that a lot of politicians don't. It actually irritates the heck out of me when politicians talk about some of these issues and you know, like they, they, they have not actually been in that seat uh, where they, they've had to figure out their employees' health insurance plans and the rest of it. Like I, I've been in that seat. I know how ridiculous it is. And I know how badly we need to fix it. Um, so the the fact that you have a, a you know some exposure to like a you know national healthcare plan yeah. in the UK, yes, you know like like they have a rational approach. Is it perfect? No, but like you know, is it is it going to choke off their economy the way that <laughs> the way that our, our health True. And I'll, um, I'll tell you. Like, well, I was going to say another thing is that, you know, my, my wife, when she moved here, um, she was just shocked that, you know, she, she was like, why does my employer need to know about my health care? That's none of their business. So from an employee perspective, it seems like it's a better solution to just keep it within your family. There's no reason to have to share it with the HR department at your employer, you know? Um, oh, I, and, and when I was on the trilogy and I was saying, it's like, look, if I was a small business owner and you came to me and said, like, we're going to make this go away. Like I would have jumped for joy, even if I was spending the same amount of money that I was spending like currently, because like I like it just there's so many headaches associated with it. There's a massive cost for that. Agreed, agreed. All right, we're almost out of time, but I can't leave you go. We only have like a minute left. I I, I got to ask you, you, your Godfather of Theodore Roosevelt's great granddaughter. How exactly does that come about? Um, they they <laughs> so by uh, yeah. Um, my so my my parents. I uh, got tired of me when I was a teenager and I went to a uh, boarding school. Okay. Um, and when I was at that boarding school, one of my classmates, um, I later found out was Teddy Roosevelt's uh, great grandson. And he and I are close friends to this day. And when he became a uh, father, he asked me to become the godfather of his daughter. Um, so, uh, so I am the, the proud godfather of Teddy Roosevelt's great grand, uh, great, great granddaughter. And, uh, you know, it, it does make me feel more, uh, more politically relevant. I'm kidding, yeah. but, <laughs> no, uh, but, but it is, but, but it, it's like, uh, it, it is sort of an out of left field, uh, factoid that most people find surprising. It is, uh, it, it's no more of a qualification to become president someday than any of the other candidates that I have seen. Uh, Andrew Yang is an American entrepreneur and former presidential candidate. Andrew, thank you so much for spending time with me and sharing us your with your views and uh, some of the things that the Biden campaign is doing as we head into election day. For more great podcast episodes from the Paychex Business Series podcast and other information to help you run your business, please visit paychex.com forward slash works, W-O-R-X. I'm Gene Marks. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again soon. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2020, all rights reserved.